Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second week of the series, The Pursuit of Happiness. And I'll be honest with you, um, when I pursue happiness, I don't naturally think of the Beatitudes. In fact, when Chris asked me to preach, he said, could you preach on one of the Beatitudes? And I looked at him so sweetly and I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. But inside I was like, oh no, oh no, because I find them quite complex. However, just studying them for this sermon, um, I have just been reminded of God's love and grace and how he so wants to have a relationship with, with us. So I want to share that with you. Okay, so the Beatitudes, um, they are found in um, Matthew 5, um, hang on a sec, sorry, Matthew 5, 3 to 10. And before we look at the Beatitudes, I'm just going to look at what happened um, before. And in Matthew 4, 23 to 25, Jesus says, Oh, not Jesus, sorry, I'm making all these mistakes. Okay, um, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And I had a look at this in the New King's James Version, and it says that Jesus' fame spread across Syria. And I really like that because just before I read that, I watched Iron Man 2. Has, who's seen Iron Man 2? Anyone? Okay. And... I really like Iron Man. I've got into superheroes because my husband's big into them and I've been the dutiful wife. I've gone along and now I'm, I'm into it myself. And when I watched Iron Man 2, especially this one, I just thought, oh, I really like Tony Stark. I really wish that I could be around him, but in a good way, yeah? And it made me think, <laughs> it made me think how it might have been when Jesus was just performing miracles, People were just amazed. He was speaking life into people. He was, he was healing them from illnesses. And people just wanted to, to follow him. And there might have been people like me with Tony Stark who, you know, they just thought, wow, you're so powerful. You're so cool. I just want to be around you. And there might have been also people who were really powerful in their local area. And they thought, you know, Jesus, with your miracle working power and my, my clout in, in my local area, maybe the two of us could get together and do something. But there was just so many different types of people there. And what is so great about the book of Matthew is that the author is, is showing us that there's all sorts of people who can come to the, um, who can enter the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you don't have it all sorted out. It doesn't matter if you don't qualify as a holy person. It's available to you in your broken way. It doesn't matter. God wants to invite you. 
So anyway, going back to the multitudes, they're just standing there and they're, they're waiting on Jesus to speak. And he looks at them and he goes up on a mountain and, and then he sat, sits down and then the disciples come along. And he starts off saying the Beatitudes. So the first one that Chris mentioned uh, or talked about last week. Blessed, which I'm going to say happy are those because that's what you can um, translate blessed as. Happy are, happy, are the, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And what does that mean? Does that mean that we have to be sad as a Christian? We have to be sad to, to be in God's will? So let's look at what mourning means. Well, it means that it's an expression of deep regret and grief. When you naturally think of mourning, you probably think of grieving over someone or something that has been lost or someone that's died. But this text is not talking about that. Yes, God will comfort you, but he's not talking about this. You can also mourn for something bad. The Bible says that Pharaoh mourns that the Israelites had to be set free. And that's just like in our own lives. We can mourn for something that was so good. It felt really good, but you know it's bad and you've had to let it go. Who's been in that position? Yeah, I have too. But Jesus isn't talking about that type of mourning. And when I studied this, I realized that um, Jesus is talking about mourning over our sins and the sins of others. But I'm going to be just concentrating on our own sins for this talk. So then what does that mean? Let's have a look at it again. Happy are those who mourn for their sins, for they will be comforted. What does that mean? About a month ago, I came back from Florida, and I'm not a good flyer. I get really nervous. And... um, I actually, after, I mean, I've been flying a lot and it's just, it's a bit ridiculous the way I go on because I just, I don't talk. I don't, I don't like to eat. I don't sleep. I don't even like watching TV and it's just ridiculous. And so I thought, you know, this time I've really got a woman up now and I've really just got to just go and, and just be on a plane and nothing's happened so far. So just relax. So I was talking to a friend of mine and she could relate somewhat. You see, we both live in Hartford. And the thing is, she doesn't want to leave the town. This is because she was involved in a car crash. And even though she wasn't physically harmed, she is mentally scarred. She is so afraid to leave. She's a really great graphic designer. And she would do really well in London, but she just doesn't want to commute into London. Her sister lives in New Zealand, and though she misses her sister, she said, I will not go and see her because I'm not going on a plane. So her fear is crippling her. And she said to me the other day, Denise, someone was telling me that I should go and see a counsellor. And I really think that counselling is good. However, I really cannot be bothered to dig up everything that has happened. And when she said that, I I could understand where she's coming from. But it's a bit like that with sin in our own lives. We're just getting on and we just want to just survive. And we don't want to look at what's going on in our heart. 
And maybe some of us here, we could be at work and we're flirting with, with people and we know it's not right, but you know what? We need it. We need to just keep doing it just to get us through the day because work is so boring. And if we actually had that out of our lives, then we'd be left with how much we hate our job. Or maybe it just helps us because we're in a bad marriage and, you know, we just really like in that chemistry, those chemicals that we get when we flirt with someone else. It just distracts us from the problem that we've got in our marriage. Maybe some of us are being dishonest and we're doing all these things and we're cheating in some area. But if we were to look at it, then we'd have to untangle everything and then it's going to highlight that we're a failure and we just need to survive. Maybe some of us are comparing ourselves to others and we're talking bad about others and we've got to keep doing that because if we took that away, it's going to highlight that actually we don't like ourselves. But you know, it hurts. It, it, it really hurts if we, if we look. And we've got to keep going. Some of us have to look after kids. And these kids, they have their own troubles. And we've got to be strong. So we haven't got time to look at ourselves. You know, we've got bills to pay. We can't, we have to survive. We've got relationships to maintain. We've got pedestals to stay on. And if we actually sat down and had, and had a look at maybe how terrible we are being, how are we going to carry on? How are we going to keep going? We need to be happy. But the text says, happy are those who mourn for their sins, for they will be comforted. I wanted to show you a clip, but I couldn't get it to work today, so I'm going to describe it to you. Who's seen the program, You Are What You Eat? Anyone seen that? Yeah? So I guess you know about um, Dr. Julian McKeith. Well, um, I wanted to show you a clip from this program. And Dr. Julian McKeith um, speaks to this lady and she asks her to write a diary of all the food she ate for the week. And then Dr. Julian McKeith then puts all the food on a table in front of her. And she loves coffees. And she has about 60 lattes, really whole milk lattes, big ones. And she has loads and loads of crisps, like there's mountains of crisps everywhere. In fact, she needed another table because she's got a bit of an addiction to eat at night. And she just had loads and loads of food. And you just see processed food everywhere. You don't even see a, a, a fruit. Um, the only vegetable that you see on the table is like a piece of a pepper on a pizza. There is absolutely nothing wholesome on that table. And Dr. Julian McKees, you know, she's quite harsh. She doesn't mince her words. And she has a go at the lady and she like grabs... Um, something and all the, all the fat is just pouring out from her fingers and she's just saying this is what you're doing to yourself you're not you're not giving your body any nutrients and the lady's just horrified she just looks at the tables and she starts to cry she starts mourning she realizes what's going on she sees the truth and she's so sorry and she just says I want to change I, I don't want to live like this and again, that's like that in our own lives with sin. 
And I started thinking, because when I was preparing this, I was talking to my husband and I was saying, you know, I used to be so sensitive to sin. When I, when I first became a Christian, I would, on a regular basis, just, just repent and ask God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for, for doing such and such. You know, at night, I would, I would confess. But it's so easy for me now to just go to bed because I'm so tired because of the busy day and just fall asleep and not even say hello to God. And, I mean, even yesterday, um, I, I went to Boots and I was in a hurry. I was going up an aisle and then this lady at the junction, she just cut across me with her pram. And I was so upset about it. And then she tried, she did it again. And then I immediately started to judge her. I looked at her and she, she just looked like she come from a certain culture in society. And I was just really angry. She was in front of me and I just said, look at you, look at you with your dirty vest and your shorts and your flip-flops. I know I've got flip-flops on as well, but I don't know, somehow hers just looked worse than mine. And, um, and I was just really, I was just really upset and I, I started to judge her. And then she just parked her buggy and she, I don't know, went to go and have a look at some nappies. And her baby, or I think, well, he was about two years old, he was, he was drinking and I looked at him and he looked in my eyes and I just said, ah, oh, I bet you're just like your mother, like that. <laughs> and it was, I didn't say it out loud, I just looked at him and I, it's like he heard me because he just took his bottle out of his mouth and he just leaned over and just looked at me and he kind of had this innocent little smile and I thought, oh, that's not right, I shouldn't have done that. And then I told my husband about it and I thought, oh, that was not cool. But it's, there was a whole bunch of things that were going on that was not right. And we need to be sensitive to sin. We need to be aware of what's going on because our sins can just limit us and they can separate us from God, having a healthy relationship from, with God and with other people. And as the text says, you will be comforted. Have to just look at that. And we live in a fallen world, but most of our sins is because that we have a need. We have a need. And maybe here, some of you may be heartbroken and you're involved in a, a bad relationship, you know that the person's not available or you're not available or you're just a really bad situation, but you just need to hold on to that relationship and get a bit of part-time love just to see you through the weekend, even though you know it's not really giving you what you really need. And maybe some of you here might be feeling like a failure and you're engaging in something just so that you feel like you're something for five minutes. And maybe some of you here are heartbroken and you feel rejection and you're doing things to just numb the pain so you don't have to think about what's going on inside. But you don't have to do that because God will comfort you. He can provide you with everything that you need you can go to him, he can forgive, he will forgive, he will restore, he will heal, he will provide. Now I just want to let you know about me, I'm someone that struggles with going to God first and I can tend to find comfort in other things first. Um, I, I mean, sorry, I, I, I find comfort um, with other things and I, I will go to those things first before God. And three years ago, 
Um, I went to a Lynn Button conference. Um, does anyone know who Lynn Button is? Did anyone go to her conference yesterday? Yeah. Well, I went to her conference um, three years ago, and it was a week-long conference. It was so deep. There was about four sessions a day. And her conference is are very heavy where you could go into one session and you come out and you realise that you're just not over the fact that someone at primary school just took a piece of your chocolate. Seriously, it's, it's you know, you, you, you deal with some deep-rooted issues or just things that have, you know, been buried over the years. Anyway, she did a session and it really hit one of the nails that is in my heart and I went out for prayer and then afterwards I went outside and there's a forest that is attached to this conference room to this yeah to the to the conference room and I really wanted to talk to my husband I just wanted to let him know how I went on in this session but I couldn't get a signal I had my uh, mobile phone and I was just um, just moving around and just trying to get a signal. And I could feel God saying to me, talk to me, talk to me, Denise. And I just thought, no, I want to talk to Al. I just want to talk to Al. And I, and I was just trying to find a signal. And then after five minutes, I gave up. And I thought, all oh, right, God, I'll talk to you like that. And so what happened in that forest was amazing. I had this supernatural experience God just used nature to just highlight all the things, all my pains. And I just felt like God was just standing there and saying, I know, I know, Denise, that it's, re- it's been tough. I really know. I understand. I know, sweetheart. I really know that you're really upset. And then I started to cry a lot. And I started speaking to God, just really being honest with him and I had a whole bunch of questions for him and once I said everything I just left it and I thought oh it'd be nice if you could talk back but all right never mind but it was it was really good anyway and I went back into the conference room and this lady just comes from nowhere she had a piece of paper and she said Denise I've got oh she didn't know my name but she just went hi I um I have a message for you and the way she said it I was like oh um has my husband or someone tried to contact me is there an emergency and then she said she just told me all the things that Jesus that God has just um had me and God had been talking about and she she had all these answers for me as well and she didn't know anything and she said I hope this this makes sense to you and I was like yeah it does she didn't know that I had been having this massive conversation with God so not only did God comfort me in that situation and you know I was trying to find comfort for my husband and you know he was at work at the time so he probably been like Denise you're really bothering me why are you why are you calling me but he you know he was better than my husband could ever be and he also had answers for me that blessed me and gave me future and a hope so coming from someone who struggles with going to God first I'm telling you he really works you can go to him and he can and he will supply all your needs and um, you know maybe some of you might struggle with that maybe you haven't really had comfort from people in your life who should have comforted you I have um, nieces and nephews and I know that when I tell them off 
they, they want to hug me because they feel lost. They feel really bad afterwards. Have you noticed that with kids? If you tell them off, they actually want to then sort of reach out because they want to make sure that you still love them. We can go to God like that because he wants a relationship with us. And even if we feel like we may be abandoned, we won't because God is there for us. I've been on the small ministry team and I've learned so much from Linda Hall. And she's, um, what, I, what I think is really amazing is when, when there's someone talking about an issue and then she'll say, come on, we need to pray about it. And I want you to start confessing. And sometimes they look at her like, what do you mean confess? You know, I'm telling you about how bad someone's, you know, how someone's been really bad to me. And now you're telling me to confess. But it's so amazing when people start confessing, that's when God just, the ministry just just opens up and God is able to come into the situation. They're just broken and they're just able to just receive from God. So you can be real with God. So in your pursuit of happiness, I want you to, I just want to encourage you to just have a look what's going on inside. Look at what's inside your heart. You can do this. You can be real with God. You know, mourning over your sins is good. When you don't like something, you're going to naturally gravitate. You're going to naturally want to move away from it. So you will be okay. Happy are those who mourn over their sins, for they will be comforted.